Welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax, and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. This episode is powered by JVentures, a community-driven VC fund in Silicon Valley and is sponsored by Hillel Stanford, Upwest, and Hippo Insurance. Welcome, everyone, to episode 17. We have Miki Khaslavsky, founder and CEO of Avian and a great friend of mine. Miki is the CEO of Avian, a startup that enables airlines and online travel agencies to optimize revenue. Previously, he co-founded Rapid API, which to date raised $37 million dollars. And was chosen for the Forbes 30 under 30 and 18 under 18 lists. In his free time, Mickey looks for ways to combine his passion for entrepreneurship with volunteer work and helping people. Mickey Kaslavsky, thank you for yes. being on my show. Thank you for inviting me. Okay, disclaimer, uh, we are best friends for many, many years. Um, regardless, uh, you inspire me. Right. I admire your work. I admire the journey that you've done to get to this point. Uh, we didn't... meet the conventional way that friends would meet you know in school or in the or in the boy Scouts that Sophie or something we actually met for the first time at a Forbes conference uh, on the 1818 list and uh, yes. so so our friendship really started from and you, and you actually were you advised my startup back in high school so we didn't actually become friends we first worked together and then we became amazing friends and Emil how can I forget any Emil how can you forget any Emil and Benny here also is trying to say hi so now we'll Benny, go to sleep Benny. another disclosure I was the one who chose the name for your dog and and so, and so you got the title of the Godfather as a result of that yes so, so now it's official okay so you know uh, we, you have a startup in the travel uh, industry so you uh, firsthand are seeing the impact of corona and while that is fascinating I, I do want to start with understanding how you got to this place. And, uh, you know, uh, th- those are some things that, you know, don't really appear on TechCrunch and they don't appear on the different PRs that, that we do. Uh, you came from Ashkelon from a different environment and you paved your way to becoming a, a very successful entrepreneur. And, and I'm sure you're going to be doing these incredible things also later on. Um, so I'd love for you to spend some time to tell me, where did you grow up? How did you even get to go into this tech world? And become one of the most connected I think people in Israel and the tech industry Wow that's a lot of titles buddy um, so I started my journey when I was like around I think I was eight uh, for it was my first business when, when I was I was uh, selling headphones it was a thing um, when uh, people started buying their first um, home computers and they were getting headphones for free and they were pretty crap. So they were broken after a while. And so I was uh, reselling them. I was taking these uh, uh, headphones. I was uh, fixing them with a friend of mine. And then we were selling them locally uh, to different uh, uh, shops and markets. So the, sort of a Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak style, right? Yes, kind of. But in Ashkenaz, so it's a very, very small <laughs> scale. Uh, so it was, uh, it was really, really nice. So I think, you know, if we, if we want to speak about my journey in the tech industry, we'll start from my background. So my background is, uh, you know, I'm coming from a middle, uh, how do you say that? Mamad Benayim. Um, yeah, you know, your, your family is, you know, you, you get by. Exactly. So, and then, you know, money was always an issue. And since I was very, very young, I was trying to make money uh, any way I can. And so um, from, from one side and from the other side, I really love 
building stuff. I really love creating stuff. I really love connecting stuff and, and making something new. And I think I have, I have been developing my imagination since I was really, 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 really young. And so when I realized that I can mix between making money and being super creative and, and doing stuff, I realized how amazing it is to be a, a tech entrepreneur because I think, and Amir Shvat told that in, your, in one of your sessions, uh, which was really, really interesting. The uh, amount of time that you, are, or the timeline from imagination to execution is really, really short. And it's getting even shorter when time goes on and the, and the technologies are, sorry, developing. So when time goes on, I'm just being able to imagine whatever I want and just to do it very, very, very fast. You so know, and I have to say that, and, and we'll get to that later, but, you know, one of the best examples that I can think of that is, you know, you're in this crappy situation with, with Corona and the travel industry. And, and you know, you're on one day you're, tell, you're calling me and saying, Michael, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen right now with Avian because this is all so crazy. Who knows how many months this will go on? The next day you're publishing that you have 500 participants signed up for this, the first online travel conference with, you know, all the big exactly. people in the travel. So I think that's exactly the idea. So you grew up in Ashkelon. And from what I remember, you travel quite a bit to go to a specific school in Tel Aviv to get yourself a better education, right? Right. So my parents uh, really pushed me to have, they wanted to be, they wanted me to be a doctor. Uh, so they really, really kind of were pushing me for, towards a sign, science way or direction to make sure that I'm getting the best education possible. And there was one school, so my parents are coming from the USSR, uh, um, uh, from, you know, Ukraine. And so there was one school which was full by kids of, of, of uh, um, uh, people coming from the USSR. It was like 98% uh, Russian-speaking uh, um, teenagers, uh, but with really, really high education in science, technology, and etc. So I think I was surrounded in an environment full of innovation, technology, and science since I was really, really young. Having said that, I'm not into math, I'm not into science really, but having all of this uh, resources with my imagination, like literally gave me all the resources needed to create anything I've been ever imagined. And, and that's how I basically started. So I had my first bit, like company uh, when I was 15, then another one that was acquired when 18. And then I joined Rapid API um, because we met uh, with Ido at Hagen Y that you have organized in the Silicon Valley and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I was, whatever I've been able to imagine, I've been able to create uh, because of all of these resources I've been growing up. In. And so uh, I think that's that's my journey so far. It's pretty long. I mean, I'm, I'm 26 in a week, but it was, it's been a while. I've been able to do a lot of stuff and, and I'm really, really great. So actually when this airs, I believe you'll already be 26. So happy birthday. Uh, so we'll treat it as if you're 26 now. Uh, so, so now, so the, you're at the part of the journey now where you, you know, you've had some experiences in, in playing around with some ideas back in high school and also, and you know, you, you were in the army and in the army, you had a lot of responsibility actually to sort of guide people and decide on where they will serve within, uh, within the, within the Tikshuv unit. I'd love to get your take. You know, you, I can't help but compare what you did back in the army to what, you might have to do sometimes as a CEO and founder when hiring people and finding the best role for them in different situations. Do you, do you find that comparison is fair? Um, 
So it's it's not the same thing because I was doing this in a very large scale. I've been I, so I interviewed face to face. I think like eight thousand people in the army, which is a huge amount of people uh, from the tech units. So from QAs to like developers, whatever. Um, and it is it, it was like a lot of of responsibility because you know I, I I really didn't guide anybody. I just had to take the decision for them, which is much much harder. Uh, because you just have to look at somebody, get a lot of data about this person, and then to decide where is he going to give the best out of him uh, uh, to the army, which is which was really really hard from one side. From the other side, you know, me my, like because of this, I have probably the largest pool of developers and QAs in Israel because I've you know I've been able to get exposure to so many of this. But one thing that it really really helped me with is really fast understanding what is what will make what will make somebody give a hundred percent in the position he will be at because I've been able to see so many cases where people are placed in the army and I you know I made a lot of mistakes that eight thousand people is a lot of people but um, I've been able to create kind of a skill of understanding where a person will give the most out of out of his skills and that really helps me with my company. And really helps me with with whatever I'm doing because whenever I'm I'm choosing somebody to work with, I feel or at least I just develop the skill that allows me to understand how can I get the most out of him and how to make sure that he will have you know 100% fun and will do and will grow 100%. So that's basically how how the army helped me uh, so much. But uh, it's really really unique. Uh, this you know, position I've been to in the army is is different. Than, than any other one that I know uh, in the tech units, for example. Right, and now transitioning, to transitioning to what you're doing now. So I, if I, I'm looking back, and you went, so you you did, you you co-founded uh, Rapid API, uh, which is doing incredibly, incredibly well now. Uh, a lot also thanks to you. And then you took some break to do some more consulting and helping other startups find their way. And I remember that at some point you came to me and said, Michael. You know, I've been thinking of this idea for a few months now. I've done a lot of due diligence on this, and I think I'm ready to move forward and start my own thing. This is very different from the old Mickey that would have an idea overnight and the next day would would just jump straight into it. So walk me through some of your thought process into the formation of what's now called Avian. So um, after leaving Rapid API, which was an incredible and like <laughs> amazing journey. Yeah. Really unique. Um, you know, I was, I was like sitting at home and I was trying to, so I actually planned to go to, like I had an opportunity to go to be an, a CEO in another fashion technology company. I remember. And the company didn't really survive. And, and then I was like, you know, in a situation where I had this time to do whatever I want. And then for the first time in history, I did have the drive to do something, but I didn't want to focus on one thing. I wanted to taste a lot of different worlds because I was into APIs for a lot of time and I was into product management for a lot of time. And then I wanted to do something different and I wanted to develop my, my business skills. So what I did is I started advising and consulting, like I think over, over nine or 10 months, 13 different startups uh, in, in different categories. So it was blockchain and healthcare and you know parking solutions and and uh, um, um, a construction tech and and uh, other stuff 
And the goal was not to, you know, not not to work on something specific, but to learn to give to give my skills of, you know, whatever fundraising product, whatever I could help with, and and connections, but to also learn about new business models in different worlds because I was really into one. And you know, there were actually I wasn't advising any travel startups, um, but I did met one person who used to run a a travel management company, you know, an old-fashioned one. And I was fascinated on how old-fashioned this industry is. I mean, you know, it's a commodity now. You're going, you're going, you're flying, you're like you're, you're taking a bus. It's basically yeah. the same equipment. Um, and still all the backhand, uh, 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 like whatever is being managed there, it's very, very old, like 80s, 90s, really, really old. And I was fascinated how, you know, a $1.7 trillion industry is using really, really old-fashioned tools. And I realized there might be an opportunity there to start a company to bring innovation in. And that's how basically Avian started. Now, as you can imagine, every startup is transforming, pivoting, changing along the way. And so uh, we started in a really, really different position. We started you know, selling to directly to airlines, and then we pivoted it and started selling to travel agencies. We started with a very enterprise, high-level software that takes a year and a half to sell to something that we can sell in a couple of weeks. We changed even more into something that is more revenue-generating. But one thing that I can tell you for sure is that the travel industry is it's growing rapidly, and you can see trip actions growing rapidly right. with it, and other companies, travel perk and others. But when you're talking about the backend side of it, it's still pretty old-fashioned. And because of different network effects and because of different oligopolies, it's pretty hard to change it. So when you're getting into the travel industry, which is very attractive in terms of innovation spaces, it is really, really hard to move stuff because by the end of the, by the, end of the day, these are huge operations that are really hard to change. So that's what, what I like about the travel industry. On the other side, we can talk about it now, um, nobody could ever prepare for what is happening now, which is, I think, fascinating again. Because, you know, you can say, you can say yeah, so you could, you could prepare for a recession. You could say there will be an economic break, whatever. But you could never imagine that companies selling hundreds of billions of dollars in revenue just went down to zero in literally like seven days. And that's why this industry got probably the hardest knockout. It, it, it's even worse than 9-11. Because it's not that people are, you know, in 9-11, they closed some of the uh, air borders, but now everything is being closed. And psychologically, people don't want to get on board. Um, governments are shutting down, like, airlines and, and trying to keep them alive. All the travel agencies are losing, like, all the traffic they had, like, literally 100%. And it's a huge, huge, huge mess. But one thing that is really, really interesting is that this industry, and, and I'm looking at this now, is super, super flexible and adaptive. I mean, you can see how the travel agencies now are changing into more hybrid models, selling not only flights, but trying to kind of package stuff for the day after Corona. You can see how partnerships are being made uh, uh, between companies that don't even have a synergy to create a more uh, uh, or a wider consumer uh, experience for the right. travelers. You can see how airlines are now selling insurance not only for you know 
cancellations, but for medical equipments and etc. Because of of these stuff. So there is, you know, I, I was I, I looked at uh, there was a joke on LinkedIn not a while ago about who first the innovation in your company was it the CEO, the chief product officer, or COVID? So COVID is probably the uh, most crazy uh, uh, innovation and transformation. Yeah, uh, <laughs> in the, yeah, it's very you know, funny. It's amazing. No, that I mean that that's just insane. So I mean, you're you're sitting there and you're you know you have some funds and you have you you expected a certain burn rate and a certain leeway for you to go and you have you have over ten employees right working uh, working at at Evian and now you're faced with a decision. Uh, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know where this industry is going. You are directly in between travel agencies and airlines, your business is based on the premise that people are willing to fly and that airplanes leave the ground and come back down. What do you do now as a CEO? What do you do? So, so one thing we were, and I, I think both me and Oran, my co-founder, were prepared for is a recession. So everybody were speaking about this and I was pretty anxious about this since day one. So we were really really focused on being as lean as possible and make sure we can release uh, on like as fast as possible, not to spend a lot of money, make sure that we have it. It's hard to raise funds in the travel industry anyways. So, and when you're preparing for a recession, it's another thing. So right. when we got into this position, into this, into this uh, um, scenario, we were ready for this. So that's a thing. And it's very, very important. From the other side, we did had to, to, you know, um, uh, break up with a couple of uh, colleagues of ours and to, you know, significantly uh, get down our burn rates. Of course. Uh, having said that, and I think the attitude, and that's something that, you know, that I'm so grateful for. We are able, if, you know, you, you took this, uh, this example of the online travel conference. We had this idea one night the night, like it, it was Thursday. Over the weekend, we've built every everything, all the infrastructure for this. And two days after, we had three hundred participants signed up. And more interesting than this, we started generating revenue out of this. So I think the cool thing about being a very, very, very small company is that you can be flexible enough to uh, to use the situation and right. to uh, kind of leverage whatever you have. From the other side. Uh, you know, on the travel perspective, we are trying to make sure that one, uh, we're developing all of our infrastructure, which is, you know, default. But the, the second thing is that we realize that all of our clients now are pretty, uh, you know, free. Uh, so we've been able to attract a lot of uh, uh, clients and to integrate for them, uh, to integrate with them for the day after. And, and that's a really, really great opportunity. Having said that, I know a lot, I mean, a list already of startups in the travel industry that we're not prepared for this uh, uh, scenario and had a really hard hit and investors had to get involved into in the in this process and to kind of you know fund these startups and help them uh, get alive and so it's it's a it's a really really hard situation so i think it's it's pretty it pretty depends on on the company structure the problem starts and that's where you can see it you know globally now is that is where you are a really really big company such as Expedia or, or Booking or, or United Airlines or American Airlines or Hopper or any other travel, travel, in, uh, travel uh, sorry, co- companies that had to take hard decisions 
to deal with this thing because nobody knows when is it going to end. And the, the other problem is that travel will be probably the last uh, yep. to recover. So it's, uh, it's, it's really hard. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, it's, it's fascinating for me uh, through this show to, to talk, you know, both with, with venture capitalists as well as with entrepreneurs and seeing the different, the different, um, the different mindsets. And, and one of the things that, that is really notable is how everybody's in this together. I mean, it's, you know, everybody's impacted and everybody together understands, okay, now we, we have to figure out how, do we, how we deal with this together. We're not on two different ends of the game. Uh, the whole world is, is realizing that this is a, now more than ever, this is a global situation that it's not now, it's not every man for himself, but we have to figure out how do we cooperate together. And, you know, uh, we both, we, we talked a bit before about Yuval Noah Harari's post on on globalization versus individualism in times like this, and I think it's very very relevant. Mickey, before we go back uh, to you running a company and and me my own things, I would love to know three things, three words that you best describe yourself with. Wow! So hustling is number one. Oh yeah, sure. hustling is the first one. Um, second is uh, uh, is a vision. Because I really, really love to imagine stuff and see, yep. you know, see the future. And the third one is, you know, it's not a one, it's not a one word. Maybe I don't know. How do you say it? So I, I just want to say that I'm, I really love uh, being surrounded by super, super talented people such as you and my team at AVN and Thank you. all of uh, my investors and colleagues. So I think it's it, these are the three things that I'm mostly focused on. And I love I it. Really. I love it. Mickey, thank you so, so much. And I'm going to see you on our BFF Zoom call with all our friends soon. Probably, probably <laughs> soon. And hopefully I can see you in person at some point in life as well, right? Not, yeah, I'm not 12,000 kilometers apart. Mickey, thank you so much. Bye, buddy.